Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. Well, this, this afternoon, I, I really wanted to talk to you about a, a topic of, of church attendance. And look at this. this is, God has a really great sense of humor. I, re, I love this because he does. God has a great sense of humor. And it was my prayer, my hope that, that everybody would hear this. But you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to send them this link. I, I've sent links to you, right? Every now and then I'll send you a link because you'll ask me, Pastor, I didn't hear that message. So I'll send you the link. All you got to do is hit play on your phone and you can hear it. But I've titled this message, Don't Stop Now. Look at your neighbor and tell him, Don't Stop Now. And why I wanted to talk to you about this is because at this time of the year, you know, we're getting ready to enter into one of the, probably the most uh, popular times of the year, most favorite times of the year for most people. Definitely for kids because there's no school in the summer. Summer's out or school's out, summer's on. It's a great time. But here's what happens, especially because we live in such a a beautiful area here. We're, we're so diverse here. We're, we're close. Our proximity to the water, to the ocean is just an hour away, to the mountains to go skiing. You can still go skiing right now. In fact, you'll probably still be able to go skiing in July because we had so much snow, if that's your thing, or snowboarding. And, and then there's days at, at the beach. There's, there's barbecues. There's birthday parties. There's family vacations. And, and all that is great. It's all wonderful, and I strongly encourage every one of you to, to enjoy your family and, and, and bless your family in those things. But what happens is, and I've seen this, and you've seen this too, is that people get caught up, and they go to places like this, and you'll never see them again in church. Because, well, they, went, they got on vacation, and you know they were gone for 10 days, and they had a great time, and then... And then they got too tired because they came back. And man, that's just the vacation wore you out. Now you need a vacation from the vacation that you just took. And the next thing you know, it was so-and-so's graduation. And then, I got, I got, and then it was the birthday party. And then pretty soon, it becomes a habit. It becomes a ritual to just sleep in or just do other things. Yes. Yeah. Am I talking yeah. to anybody here today? That, that can happen very easily. Every one of you had the choice today, you really did, of being here today or staying home. Maybe going for a nice hike. If it wasn't for these bad allergies and this cough I've had, I so desperately wanted to go out on a hike yesterday because the weather's just gorgeous. Anna's not in condition to do that. She's got a bad cough. She's not contagious. It's just, I think it's just allergies. But um, the thing is, we can do those things at the detriment of our spiritual walk. And that's what I want to remind you about today. Again, look at your neighbor and tell them, don't stop now. Keep on keeping on, okay? Amen. We have to, it's important that we maintain righteous fellowship. Righteous fellowship meaning hanging with, with people of like-mindedness. People that have Christ living in you. People that have the light of Christ in them. Amen? Otherwise, we can lose sight of our spiritual walk and lose sight of what's most important. You know, we're looking forward to, we're going to Cancun in June. Uh, we've saved us some money. We're going for a week. And I can't wait. It's going to be fun. We haven't had a vacation like that in forever. And so, 
I'm looking forward to it. And it's going to be a blessed time. And um, we'll have somebody speaking here on that Sunday. And uh, I have yet to ask that person, but I will ask that person shortly to uh, come and speak um, at the service. But at any rate, I want you to do the same. But I, at the same time, I want you to come back. Okay, don't forget about us. We, we want you to know that this is your family. Yeah, <clears throat> we have to be careful that we don't use excuses. I was, I was there years ago when I backslid. I've told you the story how I, I backslid from God and I used every excuse in the world. I don't feel good today. I, I was all right. I just didn't want to go. I was being lazy. Um, oh, you know, it's just I'm too tired. Um, I'll go next Sunday. And then what happens next Sunday? Another excuse. And then the following Sunday, another excuse. And what, what happens is we tend to lower our guard, our spiritual guard. And when you do that, the enemy sweeps right in. And I did that. And the enemy just drew me and, and took me for a ride. I got in his car, literally, and he took me for a ride. And I left the house of God because I let my guard down, my spiritual guard. We can become grumpier when we're not in church, when we're not in fellowship. We can become more unforgiving. We definitely become prayerless. That means we don't pray. Because when we're not in contact with God, we're not praying to Him. We're not speaking to Him. So for the next few moments, I want to speak to you on the message, Don't Stop Now. I'd like for you to just stand with me as I read the sermon text found in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25. I'm going to read out of the American Standard Version, which is on your outline as well. It may read a slightly different in your Bible, but listen to these words in verse 24 of chapter 10. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. Not forsaking our own assembling together, as the custom of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more, as you see the day drawing nigh. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the promises of your word. Now I pray, give us anointing to hear your word. Give us ears to hear, Lord, and to walk out of this place, changed and transformed from the inside out. In Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. Amen. You may be seated this afternoon. So first of all, what is the church? Is it this building? Is it open door? Is it, is it Foothill Christian Fellowship? Is that the church? No. It's you. You and I. First of all, how many know that the New Testament's written in Greek? It was written in Greek. Okay, so those of you that are still in school and studying about the Greeks... They were some knowledgeable, smart people. And, and during this time, um, they wrote the Bible, the New Testament, in Greek. And the Greek word for church is ecclesia, where we get the word in Spanish, iglesia, which means church. The little translation of ecclesia is assembling, the gathering. So it's when you and I gather at Ivy's house on Wednesday, we're having church. We're not having uh, get together. We're having church. We're having church today, not because we're in a building. We call this a church building, but it's when you and I, when two or three are gathered, we're having church. Yeah. Think about that. When you go home today with your family 
and you start talking about the things of God, you're not just having a conversation, you're having church. You can have church anywhere you want. It doesn't have to be here. Camping, we had a wonderful time in church. Amen. So what the Word of God shows us is throughout the Old Testament, leading up to the New Testament, there was a pattern of calling, of separating and worshiping, starting with Adam. God called him out. He said you were to worship him alone, <coughs> to be separated. And he, and he called him to worship in the garden. Noah was called out to worship. Moses was called out to worship. Throughout the Bible, Abraham being separated from nations to worship God Almighty. Moses leading the people into the wilderness to be free from Pharaoh to worship, to worship the one true God. That pattern has not changed up until our age today. You were designed for one reason, to worship. You've heard me say that here before. You were designed to worship. You were created to worship. Look at your neighbor and tell him, I was created to worship. It wasn't to talk back, talk smack, or to garden, or even to cook, or to clean house. You were created to worship. That is your number one reason why God created you. Jesus used the word church when he was talking about the assembled collection of worshipers like you and I. He said, we're having church. There's power when we assemble. How many know there's power when we assemble together and when we worship together? Again, look at your neighbor just because we're so close this morning and tell him, I'm better with you. I'm better with you. <coughs> and your spouse said, amen. amen. But I want to warn each of you that you're all capable of falling away. See, we, we don't preach and teach that once saved, always saved. There are some religions that will teach you that. I believe the Bible teaches quite the opposite, that you can be saved, but you can lose and walk away from that salvation. I'll give you an illustration of that. Not only was it my life where I felt I was, um, had walked away and was in danger of hellfire, but there was a man that Paul, the Apostle Paul, had trained and raised. His name was Demas. And the Bible says that Paul says, Demas has forsaken me because he has such a love for the world, the things of the world, that, that Demas could no longer keep focus on the things of God, but the things that he had left were calling his attention. And eventually he forsook Paul and followed the things of the world. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm hanging with Paul every day, I mean, think about that. Hanging with Paul, Paul? formerly Saul, and I get the chance to hang out with Paul, and this man walked away, how much easier is it going to be for you and I to fall to that? I mean, I would think that if I walk with Paul every day, that, man, I'm going to be solid. I'm going to walk faithfully. I'm, I'm going to pursue God. I'm going to pursue righteousness. But Demas didn't. What that tells us is that all of us can fall away from God if you're not careful. Demas knew better, yet he walked away. We can all get caught up in doing things outside the church, outside of fellowship, outside of... And again, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with going fishing, hunting, golfing, whatever your, your thing is. There's nothing wrong with that. But if it, you're forsaking, as the scripture said, the assembling of yourselves together, 
that's where it's wrong. And I'm here to remind you, church, that is where you have to keep your guard up. Amen? Amen. See, there's, there's people in this community, and some of you know them, that if you run into them, they will tell you they attend Foothill Christian American Canyon. They will tell you that. But yet, we only see them. Pastor Rick only sees them maybe on Christmas, maybe on Easter. And um, what you call those people are occasional attenders. They're not plugged in. They don't fellowship. They attend or have attended a service. And, and that's fine. They may even be saved. I, I, that's one thing I don't know. That's between them and God. But why is that important? Why do, why do I focus on that today? Why am I speaking on that? It's because of this. I am accountable for your soul. Did you know that? As your pastor, God has laid it upon me to be accountable for your soul. That's why you may get a text from Pastor Rick every now and then. Hey, missed you in service today. Hope you had a great week. You may get a call from me on that. Why is that? Number one is because I like you. But number two is I'm accountable for your soul. On the day of judgment, not only is God going to ask me, what did I do with the time, talents, and treasures I had? He's going to say, well, how come you didn't tell Justin what he needed to hear? Or how come you didn't tell Ivy what he, she needed to hear? He's going to call me out on that. I am accountable for each of you. So it's my job to remind you, don't stop now. Amen? Let's keep pursuing the Lord. And here's, here's the problem with occasional attenders. They often, when they do show up, everything in their world is falling apart. Have you noticed that? If you know some of these people, they come and they'll tell you all about the list of, it's a laundry list of items that their life is falling apart. Their relationships, their home, their job, their disability, whatever it might be, everything's falling apart. And, and, and they have no joy. No peace because there's no connection to God anymore. Now, I'm not saying you can't have a relationship with God outside of church. I'm not saying that. You can. But there's no strength in that. See, I'm stronger with you, not apart from you. I'm stronger with you. I need you. I need every one of you, just like you need me, just like you need each other. Amen? Occasional attenders are often wondering why they live such a defeated life and why things never go their way. I loved how the pastor just put it as we get ready to hear a testimony right now. I love how the pastor just put it, how even though he had a, a defeated day, he still felt the joy yeah. and the peace of the Lord. Only a believer can have that. Amen? Amen. Amen. At this time, I want to call my brother-in-law, Martin Aguirre, up. He's going to share just a few moments on a testimony of what it's meant to him to be back in church. So give him a big hand as he comes up this, after, this afternoon. Come on up, brother. All the way up here. Right here. Why don't you share with us why church is so important to you now? Church has always uh, been important. I've known it since I was a kid. But as Pastor Rick was saying, we allow different things to get in the way of church, all of a sudden, those things become more important. We have problems every day. Sooner or later, there's going to be a, a problem that's going to be more important than coming to church because you have to take care of it. I got to go take care of this. This person needs me. Um, my sister, my brother, my friend, all these people need me. 
years down the line, for some reason it all pulls me away from church. Well, I allowed my own things to pull me away from church. I allowed problems that, and the Bible's correct, it's like cancer. A little bit of leaven leavens the whole lump. A little, you have a little bit of cancer, you either need to take care of it or the whole being becomes cancer. In the physical as in the spiritual. You let something get in your life, whether it's human, whether it's football or basketball, whether it's uh, family outings, whether it's your job, whether it's sports, you know, hey, I'm going to college, I'm going to be a football player, I'm going to be a baseball player, basketball, whatever. Um, I know musicians played with literally probably hundreds of musicians. And I've seen a lot of musicians get pulled away. One of my, hopefully you guys get to meet him and he, he's, he's serving the Lord, but um, my family knows him, Brother Alex Morales, best musician I ever got to play with. I didn't enjoy playing with him because it was so stressful. But he got pulled away from church. So I did for many years. Then finally I came back and I'm going to say this really quick because I thought I found the love of my life that God had promised me. And I wasn't going to church at the time. But all of a sudden, I prayed for her, God, don't make me a good Christian. Just make me a good man for her. That's all I prayed. A week later, she said she had given her life to the Lord. When she told me two weeks before that, she didn't want to be a Christian. And I thought, well, I'm fine with that. But Lord, still make me a better man. She brought me back to church. So I wanted to bring her here. wanted her to see what church was like out here. And, my, and she loved it. Her and her little boy wanted to keep coming. I don't know what happened. It's time to let things get in the way. And as you can tell, I'm not with her. I thought my life again was devastated, Lord, after you had promised me and you had confirmed to me. And I thought, you know, I don't want to go to church. My brother-in-law kept praying for me. His sister kept praying for me. And my brother-in-law, like a pastor, which he probably should, I don't know, I'm not going to say he should with you guys more because that's him. But with me, he goes... I know what you need to do. I know where you need to go. But God has to prove it and show and talk to you. And I knew where I was supposed to be. Coming back to church did a lot of different things. <coughs> Connected me with my nieces whom I love. Because I didn't get to see them growing up. Because I was away from church. Connected me with my two sisters whom I adore. And I tell them, and even though they know it's not like this, I tell them, I don't know where I would be without both of you. My brother-in-law, who I loved from the moment I met him, because I knew he was a good man, and I knew he would take care of my sisters and his family, to my new brother-in-law, who I've grown to love more than I ever thought I could, because he walked in the, you know, all of a sudden, and, but yeah, I can love my brother-in-law, but and it brought me to love a church that I thought I have no part of. Do I miss being in the Spanish church? Yeah, I do. I like being Spanish and English because to me, when I worship in English, I mean in Spanish, even though it's not my first language, it's a lot deeper for me. But I'm here with a diverse amount of people. Yes. Amen. And it's the greatest experience, even though it's one of the smaller churches. Because I've 
was for many years in a church that had 400. I was a youth pastor. I was a music leader for years. But still, this is the greatest experience I could say that I've had. Amen. It's connected Amen. me back with God. It's connected me with my family. It's connected me with God. Yeah. The only yes. other thing I could say besides I'm going to leave with this is if you allow anything to get in your way with your walk with God, Pastor Rick's going to have to keep reminding you, don't stop now. Mm-hmm. You might not feel it now, but sooner or later, if it's Satan letting little things get in, one of these days he's going to let, okay, this one thing gets in your way every once in a while. Now it's two things. Now it's all of a sudden there's ten things that are getting in your way and you have no time for church. And if you have no time for church, your kids will see that you have no time for church and they won't have time for church. That's right. And then your grandkids will see that you don't have time for church and they won't have time for church. Don't stop now. Amen. Because you won't have anything better. And I'm not saying because it's this church and because it's this pastor, although that's one of the things I believe. But it's because we need to stay plugged in with God. My other pastor used to say, um, you know, the water's bad, so don't drink water. Hey, the food's bad. Don't drink, don't eat. Hey, there's a lot of problems. Don't go to church. Hey, you got problems. Stop praying. No. Need to go to church. One teacher, and I'm leaving with this, one teacher told me, the Jewish people, they were complaining why they always had problems, even though they were the children of God. They were the chosen people. They were the church. Why do we always have problems? Because if you didn't have those problems, you forget to call out to me. Mm. Yes. If you need someday for God needs you to scream out to him, he's going to give you a reason why to scream. My dad used to tell me, you want to cry? I'll give, give you a reason, reason to cry. cry. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Amen. Don't stop now. Give Arden a big hand. Thank you, bro. That's a reminder of the importance of, of community, of belonging, of belonging. See, there's no Lone Ranger Christians. Martin figured that out. There's no Lone Ranger Christians. You can try it, but it's a lonely island out there when you're walking by yourself. And God wants you to be plugged in to a community. Amen? Amen. Well, I just want to quickly talk about three quick points, and then we're going to get going with communion and then our potluck. So... Number one on your outline, consider one another. The point up on the screen says, consider one another. And what does that mean? It means take careful note of your spiritual condition, of your spiritual welfare. So not only should you each be doing that, should, and that's what, when you hear me say the prayer, Lord, I pray that everybody would leave here transformed. That's what I'm talking about. Don't come the same way. Don't leave the same way as you came. I'm praying for every one of you that you would leave transformed, changed spiritually. Yeah. And, if, and that's something that each of you need to analyze in your own spiritual walk. And then Pastor Rick will, will helpfully encourage you along the way. If I see you down, hopefully... I'm wise enough to come up to you and say, hey, can I pray for you? What's going on? Are you doing all right? Are you doing okay? And, and that's what Pastor Rick is for. If you ever want to reach out, I'm here for you. I am accountable for your soul. I want you to truly understand that. Not only am I accountable, I'm called to make sure you're growing in the Lord. See, to me, the greatest thing you can do in the church is not to play a musical instrument, um, like some 
talented musician on Broadway or playing at some Grammy award show. It's not about that. It's about, number one, worshiping God. We can do that without instruments. How many know that? You can do that at home by yourself, in the car. This is great. But my number one thing is, I need you to worship God. Number two, I need you to grow spiritually. I need you to grow. I need to see growth in you spiritually. I need to be equipping you to grow. If I'm not equipping you to grow, then I've failed in my job. I need to hear you tell me that, though, if I, if I am not equipping you, if I'm not giving you opportunities to grow. We have our Wednesday night Bible studies. We have our men's group. We have given you opportunities to grow. This is why you'll hear from me via phone call or a text, as I reminded you earlier. I want you to be growing. I'm genuinely concerned for each of you. Amen? Amen. But not only should Pastor Rick be concerned for you, but each of you should be concerned for one another. You know what I love to hear is when I hear from somebody say, Hey, Pastor Rick, I reached out to so-and-so because I haven't seen him for a couple weeks. And I called him and I said, Hey, what's up, man? I just wanted to tell you I missed you. I love that. I love when people do that. We have a church here. As far as I know, the guys, they'll come up and they'll tell me that. And I think that's the most awesome thing. And I know the women do that as well. Women, I, I mean, you guys are all amazing. And we need to check up on each other. Why? We're not checking on, well, aren't you going to be part of our church? Because we, we love you. It's, we're genuinely concerned about you guys. Yes. We want you to grow. Amen? Yes. We, can, we can be encouragement to one another. Point number two, encourage one another. You can't get encouraged if you're never here. You cannot receive encouragement. It's impossible. You know, it's, it's one thing people may, may say, well, Pastor Rick, I listen to a podcast. I watch TBN at home. I watch um, my favorite pastor, Joel Osteen, on TV at 9 o'clock on Monday nights or whoever it may be. That's great. Good. But you're not getting connected. God created you to become connected. Everybody say that word with me. Connected. Connected. You know... Um, there's, I was reading up on, there's uh, redwood trees. Redwood trees are the largest or the tallest living thing on the planet Earth. How many know that? But did you know that their roots, you would think that they go down really deep. They don't go really deep, but what they do is they go out. They go out about 100 feet, redwood trees, and then they intertwine with the trees right next to them. And that makes them so strong that when those strong winds come, the storms come, they stay strong together. Because at the bottom, at their foundation, they're intertwined, they're strong. And that's exactly a picture of what the church is supposed to be. We as believers are supposed to be intertwined together to make each other strong. Because you can't do this walk alone. You just can't. My brother Martin's testimony was a great example that you can't do life alone. There's power in numbers. You do life together better. Amen? Amen. We need to encourage each other every day. We, we, we encourage, we can only encourage one another, not only when we have a healthy dependence upon God, but upon each other. I need you. You need each other. Amen? If you're discouraged today, you're in the right place. You're in the absolute right place. 
This is a place for encouragement. It's a place to give you peace and joy. It's a place to just say, Lord, I'm tired of being discouraged. I need you today. And and God will show up. And he'll transform you. And you can walk away from here being transformed and encouraged. Amen. Because he lives in you, encouragement lives inside of you. Somebody needs to get excited about that. Because he lives inside of you. Amen. Amen. Encouragement lives inside of you. We can all encourage one another. You know why? Because we've all gone through something together or gone through something. And when you see that person going through a similar situation like you did, you can come alongside. In fact, you should come alongside and encourage that person and tell them it's not the end of the world. You'll get through this. God will see you through this. In fact, it's going to be even better. Amen. Amen. Martin, is it better? Brother Martin, is it be- it's better. He says it's better. And, uh, and God has a plan for each of you. Amen? Amen. I believe this is why God Almighty can put together in our church people from all different walks of life, different colors, different backgrounds, different nationalities, economic situations. Because at the end of the day, we all bleed red. Amen? Yeah. And, and, you know, that, that reminds me of something. And I just got to share it. I was reading, I was reading something about somebody, uh, churches, pastors talking, and they were saying, well, uh, why don't we see multi-ethnic churches? Why don't we see, you know, we always see the white church, the black church, the Latino church, the Asian church. Why are there few churches that are multicultural? And you know, that's, that's the truth. There are, there are, but they're very rare. And, and then, so one of the churches, one of the black pastors was saying, is it because um, if you have a multicultural church, ask yourself the question, is, is at the core of it, is it still white, is what he said. And I thought, man, that's so true. That's so true. We, we have to cater to everybody. You know, it's not about white, Latino, black, or anything. It's about worshiping Almighty God and incorporating all the tribes, amen? All the people, amen? And in our... And this is a tangent here. In our day and age, socially, we don't do that. We don't do that very well. Our world is very divided. But the church house should be a place where we come together. Amen? Yeah. I love to see white and black and Latino. and a- I love that. Because that's a snapshot of heaven. Yeah. And if you, can't, if you don't enjoy it here, yeah. I'm sorry, buddy. But it's going to be a lot more up there. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And we're all going to be speaking Spanish. So you better get used to it. Okay, enough of that. We need to encourage each other. We serve the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We are created. We are created to worship one another. another. Point number three. Point number three. We are created. uh, Worship with one another. We are created to worship is what I was trying to tell you at the very beginning. That's why you're here on this earth. It's not to earn $100,000 a year or 200000 or 500000 It's not to retire as a multimillionaire or a billionaire. You are created on this earth to worship. Yeah. And when you do that, God gives you the peace and joy with what you have. Wow. Amen? Thank you. Amen. Thank God for that. Yeah. I want to read a scripture to you. John chapter 4, verses 23 through 24. Two scriptures. This is Jesus saying... But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. 
For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The Lord is saying, as, as the days are drawing nigh, closer to his return, the Father in heaven is seeking those to worship him. Are you ready to worship him? Are you willing to worship him? Amen. Don't stop now. Don't stop now. Keep pursuing him. Amen. You know, we're all created to worship. I remember when I first started coming to church. I loved the karaoke. I loved the karaoke. That's what I thought it was when I went to church for the first time. Oh, these people are having karaoke. I wasn't, I didn't grow up in church. I just saw an overhead. You know, you young people have no idea what an overhead is. Us people with gray hairs know what an overhead is. They put this little transparent document on there and then it projected it up on a screen. And, and, and everybody sang to the words up there. I thought, wow, that's pretty awesome karaoke. I love their karaoke. I love their beautiful they're beautiful churches, you know, the robes that the choir sang in. The first church I belonged to had beautiful robes. Everybody got up there. And they swayed and they sang, you know. How many know what I'm talking about? It was beautiful. But I, I didn't know anything about it. It just, it was appealing to me. But God, at the end of the day, he got through, through my thick, thick skull and said, you were created to worship. You were created to worship. And, and I've never lost sight of that. I worship him every day, no matter how bad the day may be. I worship him because he brings me joy and peace in the middle of all trials, tribulations. Amen. See, our soul longs to worship. How many came to the Lord as an adult or as a late teen? Okay, so you'll know this just like I did. You were seeking something. You were seeking something that couldn't satisfy your soul. You might have sought it in the bars, in the nightclubs. Maybe I saw you there 30 years ago. Maybe I saw you there. But here's the thing. You were seeking for something, but you didn't know what it was. See, that that desire that God places in you was, was, was sown into you genetically. It's sown into every one of us. And that desire can only be fulfilled... When you begin to worship him, when you begin to worship him, all of a sudden you are fulfilled for the first time in your life. No longer do you seek it in drugs or in alcohol or in, a, in some other vice. It's now fulfilled because of your relationship in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. You were created to worship him. Worship is a means of invoking the presence of God's throne into your life at that spot right there. Let me repeat that again. Worship is a means of invoking the presence of God's throne right there where you're at. In the middle of whatever you're going through. In the middle of your drive to Angwin, you can invoke the presence of God right there in your vehicle. In the middle of your commute on 101, you can invoke the presence of God right there. It doesn't matter. God's God's willing to come into your life. He wants to be worshipped. Amen. And when we do that, he, he longs to take away that, that pain, yes. the hurt that you've been carrying, the bitterness, the, forgi- the lack of forgiveness in your life. Amen? When we come together as believers, here's the, here's the key. We invoke his presence. 
We invoke it as we worship him. As we worship him here shortly, as I, as I invite the worship team up here right now, we invoke his presence. We invoke his presence into our lives. And just as the picture, picture this with me, the redwood trees setting out their roots, every one of you, as you begin to worship God, those, those roots now become intertwined stronger together with each other. Amen? That's a powerful, powerful illustration there. And I want you to remember that next time you're by yourself, even. When you're by yourself, that together you are sown with other believers. You're not alone in this battle. You're not alone in your spiritual walk. When we come together as believers, we invoke the presence of God's throne. I invite you to stand at this time. Everybody say, don't stop now. Don't stop now. I want you to, before as we get ready to partake in communion, I want you to continue to reach out to your loved ones, the lost that don't go to church. It's imperative that you and I be a witness to them. They may not have any other person that may be like Jesus. You may be the only Jesus they ever see. And I'm not saying you're Jesus. All I'm saying is you're the representation of Jesus. And you may be all that they ever see of that. Next time you're around them, think of that. Think of that. It's a heavy, heavy responsibility. Wayne was sharing with me, and I'm sure he he would tell you the same thing. They're in a new community now. There's not a lot of believers there, he's saying. Not a lot of believers. There's a lot of opportunities there. Lot, now, it's, he's not, he doesn't have the power to make them go to church or become believers. All he can do is just share the word. And, and how many know he has a great way of doing that? He has an amazing way of doing that. But that's what God expects of each of us, to just share, to be transparent, to, to encourage one another. Not only encourage one another, but to consider one another and then worship with one another.